Thanks to everyone who participated in the Worldwide CacheCon 2021, the first ever virtual worldwide geocaching conference. All contests are closed now. Hey, it doesn't mean you can't listen still. All right, back to the conference. Nice. Well, that was a great episode. That last hour was was great. I uh, really enjoyed you. it. Yeah, and, and, well, and I know that was a lot of fun, and a lot of people don't get to see all the kids alive because the geocaching with kids is just a an audio podcast. Uh, so they see them in the Nano Kids, but they don't see them actually live. And getting to see that was it was a lot of fun. And I absolutely loved having them up there. And I just thank everybody for sticking around with us and watching. And um, I'm getting comments, uh, personal messages sent to me that's been just really encouraging. And I thank you for that. And I can't wait to share that with the kids. But all right, we are into our gadget hour. Uh, sh- gadget showcase and i know i've been looking forward to this how about you chad yes absolutely this is fun i've been looking forward to it as well um we got some great videos uh that people have sent in that we're going to have a chance to watch here um and you can kind of kind of go over them right a little bit just talk about them a little bit but um you know the whole point of this is kind of to showcase other people's uh videos and caches and not ours so i'm excited to see what other people have made Right. And the first one I want to kick off to is uh, from we're going to go to Germany and we're going to talk to uh, we're going to hear from Olaf and he, you'll see a little bit about what he what he creates and some of the ones that he's done and how he's worked with uh, West Virginia Tim on some of the smart caches that uh, they've done together. And it's just been really cool. So um, I'm going to go ahead and let's go ahead and go to Germany and see Olaf. Hello, my name is Olaf and my geocaching nick is TH10GT. Don't ask me, as so many others, about this nickname. The time would have passed by and it's much better to talk about caches. And don't ask me about the background of this video. I'm sitting in my home office. My wife is saying it's the most chaotic place in the world and I fear she's not so wrong. But sometimes she's using it for different things. This is why you can see some clothes just drying here. What you can also see in the background is an Ultimaker S3 3D printer. But this cache was built prior I've started 3D printing. I'm living in Germany, more precise, roughly 25 miles south of the beautiful city of Hamburg and at the north border of the so-called Lüneburger Heide. I've joined geocaching community in 2009 and in the first years I did nothing. Some years later I was a normal seeker, but I discovered that for me building caches makes much more fun than searching for them. So I started to build caches and after a short time I became aware about W.V. Tim, one of the greatest cash builders in the world, at least from my point of view, and I think I'm not the only one. When adapting, which is a nice word for stealing, <clears throat> some of his cash ideas, we came in contact, which became closer over the time. More about that, our real friendship, and starting to work on joint because US and German smart caches you can pick from different channels on YouTube as the one from Derek Baker or mine. 
prior starting to talk about my caches, I want to ensure that all of us are knowing the difference between a gadget and a smart cache. Gadget caches are offering a kind of a puzzle the cacher has to solve at ground zero. Most of them are mechanic mechanical and there are tons of really great ones. A smart cache is offering the same, but in addition it is interacting with the cacher. Most of them are based on microprocessors like Arduinos or different models of the ESP. For me, smart caches are a subgroup of gadget caches. In this video, I want to talk about one of my smart caches. In the meantime, I've built roughly 30 of them. And so the question is why I'm talking about this one, which is more than four years old. It's quite easy. There are two reasons. Most of my caches are inspired by something. I have discovered in the web, sometimes a cache, but sometimes something totally different. The cache I want to talk about is based on nothing I have seen anywhere. It seems a lot of cache builders are loving the concept. There's an American adaption by Eric Christoph with a totally different display. It has been copied already two times here in Europe and a guy from the Netherlands just asked me for permission to copy it also. The cache is named Crazy Potis and was published in September 2016. The idea came up after a great lunch. One of my other hobbies is cooking, cleaning up the kitchen and lying on a sofa in the living room. WB Tim and me discussed new ideas in different ways, emails, video chats, both of us are Mac users, so it was FaceTime, prototypes shared in Dropbox. <clears throat> Sometimes I've sent him a video showing a prototype and explained it. The next section of this video is taken from such a clip where I'm explaining an idea to Tim and asking for remarks. So Tim, <clears throat> now I'm back to explain. These are the four potis. The first line is for the first poti, the second line is for the second and so on. What you can see here, this is a target to which you should turn the poti. So the target is here, here, here and here. As I said, only the third target is fixed. Not really fixed because every time when you are starting the sketch by a random number, it's uh, defined somewhere else, but in this case it's here. The other targets are based on the actual values of each poti. At the moment all potis are turned to the left, so you can see it here. Now as an example I will turn the poti, the fourth poti. Just have a look. When turning the fourth poti, nothing is happening, and in this case, when you see the asterisk, it means the value is correct. But now I will turn the third poti. And you can see 
that on the fourth line the value is changing. So this means you have to investigate which party will not be affect another one. So you can see when turning the second one something is happening also with the fourth one. So this means the fourth one is not only because of the third one but also on the first one. And when I'm turning on the first one you can see that also the second one and the fourth one is changing. So what is not changing is the third one. All the time the asterisk is still here. And now I will go on with my exercise. I will turn the first one to the right value and to be honest I'm very proud on what I'd programmed here. Then I'm going to the second one also fine and now I'm adjusting the fourth one. All right. That is just a really intricate design. Uh, Chad, have you found one like that? I found one sort of like that. Uh, DJW House has one where you actually have to look in a hole and then adjust the potentiometers to right. get them all turned on. But yeah, um, right. I've seen a couple you... different. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I've seen a couple different variations of that, but that's pretty cool. I like the one with the, with the, uh, the four by 20 screen or the, yeah. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And that's and like I said, these are just different ideas and different people are doing these really great caches out there and gadget caches and creative caches. And that's what we really want to showcase this hour. And that was just phenomenal. And like I said, he worked with West Virginia Tim and that's just really great. And I know West Virginia Tim's kind of gone away a little bit more away from smart caches to doing more of the gadget style again. Uh, and that's great. The, the, like I said before, there's caches for everybody out there. Yeah. So the next one, we're going to go back over overseas uh, from, from the U.S., I'll say, uh, and we're going to go to uh, the Netherlands, and this is a really great channel. I mean, there's not a lot of videos, but oh my gosh, I sat there and binge-watched this, this video and all his, all his videos, and it's like, wow, these are really cool, and it's, it's father and friend. Do you remember this one, Chad? Oh, yeah. This yeah, this is going to be good. This is a good one. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Hi, this is father and, and friend. friend from the Netherlands. Around six years ago, when this guy was just a little bit smaller, or now that I think of it, he was a lot smaller. Wow. wow. He came to me and he said he had this, there was a treasure hunt app on the phone and he downloaded it. So I installed that, installed the app, and we saw that across the street from our house here, was already a treasure hidden. Just about there. So we went there and it was the first geocache that we found, basically. And we haven't been doing it since. Uh, at that moment, we also understood why, if we, when we looked out the window, we always see these strange people wandering around in the bushes over there. Right? Yeah, that's funny. Really funny, yeah. Okay. After finding a number of caches ourselves, we wanted to make our own caches, but they had to be special, of course, right? 
So we searched the internet and we came across videos of all these nice uh, gadget caches and thought, that's what we want to do as well. So at that moment, we've been starting building our own caches, right? Uh, I built boxes and if anything like electronics or Arduinos get involved, this guy over here is in charge, right? We're doing it since. Come on, Dad, let's show them one. Yeah, come on. We'll show you one of our caches. So, after a long, long walk, we finally arrived at the cache. Yeah, I know, but it sounds better for the video when we say something like that. Now, we like to make field puzzles or caches where you need to have teamwork to get the logbook <coughs> and not the grab and go kind of caches, right? Uh, although we don't mind finding a couple of those once in a while ourselves. But the cache we want to show you today is a cache you made, clearly recognizable as a cache, of course, um, where you need to solve small puzzles to get to the logbook. Well, if you look at the cache, the box, there's a drawer here which doesn't open, there's a lock. The cache page won't tell you how to open it, by the way. And on this side, yeah, there's a spotting hole and something else, not much else. Right? To open this lock, we need to look at the bottom of the cache. And there you see an abacus, right? An up and down, and some things here which you cannot do anything with, right? Well, the abacus has beads, of course, and if you turn the beads, then sometimes you see some, on some of the beads have some lines. I we'll go, won't go any further for here, but if you uh, turn them all, this will turn in three numbers, and with these three numbers, which are written here, you can open the lock. So, yes, we're there. Let's go to the lockbook, right? We open it, and there's another lock. And we know the lockbook should be right there, right? And there's something here, and other puzzles, and things here and here. So you need to solve a number of different puzzles to get to the cache. You do need to bring a flashlight, and I can show you the spotting hole we get on this side. If you look here, and we turn on the light, you can see an X, right? X means nothing, it's just a, a test. But there are more spotting holes on this cache. And if you find the four right spotting holes, you find the four numbers of the lock. I can show you one. So if you pull this out, for instance, at that moment, this will open. We're here. But if you look in there, nope, it's a red herring, right? If we solve this puzzle here, and I do it quickly, up. then you see over here, the last one you open, we have another spotting hole. And if you look there, you got the number, and I give you this number, number five. Right. So, if you find all the numbers, finally, this will open, and you get to the logbook. So this is just an example of one of the caches we built. So we hope you liked it. Um, we made movies of this cache and other caches and placed them on YouTube. So if you wanna look for them, uh, they are uh, search for father and friend and gadget caches, you should find them there. 
we show the cache we've made, but also how we build them. So if you want to get ideas on how to make a cache yourself, check it out. For now, thanks for watching and thanks for having us at the Worldwide CacheCon event of 2021. All right. For now, enjoy the rest of the program. Okay? Bye. Bye. Hey Cacher, are you looking for some ideas of how to create gadget caches and even very creative containers? Well, hey, don't look any further. Check out my channel, Behind the Cache. My name's Derek, and Behind the Cache is a channel that I like to share ideas of how to create gadget caches and creative caches. Now, you may be asking what's the difference between a creative cache and a gadget cache? Well, you're gonna have to check out my channel to find out. But on this channel, you'll find caches that are very simple to make all the way up to more advanced. So if you're looking for ideas, check out my channel, Behind the Cache. The easiest way to find my channel is to go to BehindTheCache.com. I hope to see you there. And always remember, every cache has a story. So go check out Behind the Cache. Well, that is... Chad, on that, did you realize that on that last cache with father and friend, there actually is no electronics on that cache? Yeah, that's some. You know what? Some of the best gadget caches I've found are that way, right? Actually. And, and that's the, the creativeness that you have to have to make something like that is amazing, right? And you're probably asking, well, how did he get the number to light up? Well, that is actually using fiber optics, and you can see that on his channel. And it's hard to find his channel. It really is. Um, I will have to message us and we'll get it get you the channel link to that because he doesn't have a lot of subscribers yet so he doesn't have a designated uh, channel itself but it's a uh, name but it is like i said i binge watched his channel and got so many great ideas um but uh, we had a question earlier um and gary's going to bring it up real quick um it's saying is there a group or area to talk about gadget cache ideas maybe an idea i need for a gadget uh, someone else sees a simple solution that i'm overlooking and there are and uh, chad and i are part of several different groups <laughs> uh, that we do and a lot of the gadget builders that you're seeing today are from those groups that we reach out to so just so you can search them on Facebook um, and just kind of type in gadget cash group and you'll find them in there. And there's some really, really great ideas and um, different ones. Um, so, in fact, one of those from that one of the groups that we um, have done and we heard his name earlier from Olaf and that's Eric. And he has some really great uh, caches that he has uh, created. Um, and, but yeah, it's, you want to talk about doing some smart caches. Eric has done some really cool, smart caches. Yeah. So anything else, Chad, that you want to say? Uh, no, I mean, just that, uh, Eric has been on, we're on a group with him and he, we do see some of his caches and they're amazing. You know, people who can program with these microprocessors, microcontrollers do an amazing job on these caches. And, and, uh, I really appreciate them sharing them with us on Facebook and yeah, out and in the wild. Yeah, and I just got to say, um, you have probably still one of the coolest backgrounds. I mean, you got Signal down here with the mask on, uh, yeah. and that's – oops, there we go. Mask on. And then, hey, there's the uh, Signal and Carbonite from the HQ tour that was earlier. That's just yes. really cool. And, and you built that, and that's something that's really cool. So I, I just love that. Yeah, and that actually is going to be a permanent display down in HQ in the Visitor Center. So anybody that's going to go there to visit the HQ when it opens back up, We'll actually be able to discover that as well. 
So that that's just really cool. And that's going to be, that's something from this event that's going to get to live at HQ. And that, I just absolutely love that. But all right, so now let's go ahead and, and check out Eric's caches. And these, he's got, I think it's like three or four different caches that he's going to show us. And these are all coming out soon. Hey, my geocaching username is Hylifton, and I uh, make and release smart gadget caches in Massachusetts. Uh, I have a sneak preview of three of them that are coming out this spring, and I thought I'd go through uh, a few of the steps needed to make them. All right, let's take a look at memory first. This is all uh, an Arduino-based gadget cache on the back here. You can see the uh, Arduino controller. It's also a power system, a speaker off to the side here that makes noise. And of course it connects to two LCD screens up top and a button to turn it on. Um, to play the game, Geocacher just comes right up. You can hit the button to start it up. I don't know how this is going to look on screen. Alright, press any key to begin. And you can press a key and left screen is a giga type cache. And then we get a CTO on the right. And you just go through HQ webcam. And you have to make pairs, traditional and event. It's a CTO. And there's the CTO. So we've made a match. Makes a little noise. And notice those lights stay on. And we keep going. All right, and as we, as we finish it all up, I'm probably going to get this wrong. Yep. Two mystery caches and then two earth caches. And when it's done, um, gives you the combination of the lock in one window. And over here, it tells me it took me three minutes, 19 seconds, and 43 turns. I'm hoping geocachers will post their time and turns in their log, although they don't have to, to, uh, Compare with others. And as you can see, you know, this is pretty self-contained. The batteries are a little loose, but uh, they can just slip right in there. And what I've gotten into the habit of doing is uh, building these birdhouse cases, with the combination lock. Uh, you know, West Virginia Tim probably was the first person I heard of that was doing this. And that way I can work on the electronics upstairs and I can do the, uh, bigger woodworking here in my basement and that just fits in there really snugly and uh, I can screw it right in and see you can still see the top haven't made the roof yet this is my latest creation and then this would actually turn off automatically in a couple minutes or you can hit the button to turn it off and then it's ready for the next geocacher who comes up um, something else I've started doing and maybe you've noticed is this isn't actually wood. Um, this is a PVC board. I have another piece here. I've started using this to make my birdhouses um, because it doesn't break or split. I'll show you my first ever gadget cache. All right, it's huge. The gadget cache itself is still out there. I did a, it's been over there five years now. I did a complete rebuild of it. But if you look inside, um, 
I salvaged some pieces out when I did the rebuild. But you notice there's a lot of, uh, you can see my hand back there. This wood split over time. Um, this was a red oak, which maybe wasn't the best thing. These were actually old uh, stair treads that I used. And apparently the glue is not waterproof long time. It split on the roof and that let water in. And that's really what ruined the electronics was when the water started coming in the top. So now I've tried to switch over and use the PVC wherever I can. It's also a lot lighter. This thing's really heavy. Hey, the second cache that I'll be releasing as part of this series is called Going Green. Um, Again, it's a birdhouse container with a separate panel that I can work on, you know, in a different room from the actual construction. Um, in this case, though, I do have a wire connecting back to the box. This is the wire that goes to the release mechanism that opens this bottom door. Don't worry, the batteries are just hanging there. Um, I did tape this up. Um, I actually put my phone number in all my gadget caches and ask people to text me if there's a problem. I would much rather get that text than have someone break something trying to get in. Um, realistically, I get like a dozen texts a year. It's not that bad at all. Um, so yeah, and that just slides right back in. This one's a little tricky. I might need to re relay out this face because the, the silver button's up a little high. But yeah, it just sits in there and I'll... I'll screw it down um, when it's ready to go out. But uh, yeah, the crazy potties idea came from a German geocacher, TH10GT. I decided to do it with colored LEDs. And these LEDs um, are addressable. You can actually set the red, green, and blue value of them to make any color you want. So again, geocacher shows up. They don't need their own batteries. They push the button and the cache lights up those lights randomly any color and if you move them you know first they may say oh well this one controls the one on the right i just got to make that one green and then they hit the next one and they're like oh it's changing two lights so i can't make them both green and then they keep going they're like oh the third one changes all four lights and the last one's changing three lights so the trick is you got to do it in a certain order here and uh, this randomizes too the order Um, who's going to be next? And then the last guy, once you get it, all the lights blink. The cache pops open. See, there's a container inside here. So, uh, you can have your log and trackables and stuff inside there. And notice the cache turns off automatically. This is, a another battery saving, uh, plan. Uh, DJW House, I've chatted with. He's kind of becoming the expert on power savings for geocaches. Um, and I figure this one can be run about 300 times before I need to come in and replace the batteries based on how many amps it's drawing. Once everything's done, you can just close up the cache, push hard, it catches again, and if you need to open it again, you have to power it on and play the game. All right, this uh, last geocache I'm previewing, um, I decided I wanted to kind of show off the electronics a little bit, so I put an acrylic face on it. And um, so you can see the parts inside. Instead of using an Arduino on this one, I'm using what's called a Teensy microcontroller. Um, it has a much, it has a great sound library for recording and playing back 
music, which you'll hear in a second. Um, a nice LCD screen, so there's something to read. You know, obviously the PVC or the uh, clear acrylic helps with that. This is just an audio amplifier to make the sound a little louder. And uh, just a couple of speakers for nice stereo sound. And the whole thing normally will just screw on top. All right, I'm not an extra, I'm not an expert video recorder here, so I turned the exposure way down so you could read that screen that basically says press play to begin. Um, this light will blink. All right, so I have to sing that note. I can tell you right now I can't sing that note. If I don't like the note, I can hit skip and go to the next one. I definitely can't sing that note. I think that was a little off. Yeah, I think I, uh, about 100 hertz too high, or too low. Way too high. All right, within four hertz, that should give it to me. All right. And so did you get the right note? And thank you for putting up with my uh, lovely tone generation. It just gives you the combination right on the screen. This actual cache will be set inside another container out on a trail. Hey, so these three smart gadgets will be out this spring. Um, I hope you get a chance to visit. Let me know uh, what you think of these caches. And uh, I hope maybe I've inspired you to do a little smart gadget research on your own at home. Thanks, and I hope to see you out on the trails. All right. Um, All right. Good grief. My mind is just <laughs> from those. those An another builder that I have to make a road trip to go find his caches. I mean, those are amazing. Yeah. And of course, I put, you saw the comment from uh, Josh with the geocaching vlogger. Oh, I'm adding these to my list. Something I didn't think about, and this is a great for builders, is that PVC board. Uh, because of maintenance and that aspect of it, things are breaking. Yeah. See, Chad's got it right there. Uh, yeah. That was just a phenomenal thing. I need, to find out how much that is because i mean i've been building with a lot of cedar and i know djw house builds with cedar um it's so that may be something i may be kind of adjusting toward i don't know we'll see what kind of cost is but there was also a question in there about the batteries and the the maintenance issue in there um i was wondering if it was just co maintenance or solar and the quick easy answer is yes but it looked like that one was batteries and you could have to just replace it. That's why he was having it um, power off. So it saves that battery. And there's a lot of different batteries that you can get. And Chad, you know, you've, you've dove into those batteries because you have a lot of these smart caches that are out that are using the batteries. What, what type of batteries do you like? I, I can, I maintain my caches quite a bit, so I don't, 
I don't, and I don't, mine are not out in the wild. Mine are all in urban areas, so they're easy to access. I go buy them quite a bit, so I can change the batteries. So I use a lot of 12 volt batteries, 12 and 6 volt lead acid. But what these guys are using, uh, and DJW House, we actually did a show on that earlier this year on how to power your caches uh, by battery. Um, there's a, some double A's out there that last a long time. I think they're an energizer. I'm not exactly sure what like type. Energizer Max. Something like that. And but these guys in if you go to those uh, Facebook groups, they will talk about how to make these things power down um, when they're powered off. They don't use very much power at all. I mean, they, they can get these things to last, I think, four years on four AA batteries. Yeah, so that's those guys that's dive crazy. into that a lot more than me. Yeah, that's that's a lot of looking at voltmeters and a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, now, this next casher. We've seen a lot of him lately, uh, thanks to Joshua. And let me tell you, if you are up in this area and you want to go see the Disneyland of geocaching up there, uh, Energizer Ultimate. Thanks, thanks, DJ W House, Dave Wagner. Awesome. Uh, he's got some phenomenal caches, and he sent us a video. And you do not want to miss this because, I mean, we've seen him a lot on Joshua's channel but he's got some really great caches and I cannot wait till this pandemic is over. So I can go get these. So, but let's go check out uh, try Cassius. Yeah. Oh, hi there. Geocaching public service announcement. Do you have lots of favorite points to give in your geocaching account? And you're just like, I don't have any good geocaches in my area to give favorite points to. Well, do I have the place for you? That is, Gilby, North Dakota, the Disneyland of geocaching. This is the home of Tri Cassius. He is a premier hider, one of the best hiders in the world. This whole area, as far as I can see, is filled with amazing geocaching. So you need to come here and give yours to these caches. Let's go find it. Hello, geocachers. My name is Tri Cassius. I am from the eastern side of North Dakota in the small town of Gilby. My specialty, I think, is putting out gadget caches. I've got all kinds of weird ideas, weird things out in the trees that you would never expect to find around a small rural community like Gilby. People around Gilby are excited when they find out that people are coming to Gilby just for geocaches. They think it's very odd, but, but uh, people come up to Gilby just to find these caches that I've put out. I started in 2008, and three months later I, I hid my first geocache. And from the beginning I wanted to make different caches that I've been finding. My very first one was, at the time I thought was pretty smart, I took an old stump, I hollowed it out and put a container in there, and of course the hint was, are you stumped yet? And you know, at the time, in 2008, I thought that was pretty good, and I think it was my fifth cache that I made, that's when things really started going over the top. And from there I just kept building more and more bizarre caches. Here we go. What the? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What is this? My favorite cache is, is definitely driving Miss Daisy. Uh, it's completely out of the unexpected that you go out into the middle of a group of trees and then you find this goofy little thing and you have to get back in your car and race down the road to get the wind to blow through it to generate electricity and, and turn on the code on the machines. Yeah, driving this daisy is definitely my, my favorite one. 
Strong Man at the Fair I really like, and then Little Strong Man at the Fair. I, I get a kick out of the logs I read on that one, because they're, they're going to beat that poor thing to death, trying to find to get the cash out. I have a fairly well-stocked shop. Several uh, tools are available. I do carpentry work in my regular hours. In my off hours, of course, I'm out designing geocaches. I have always been creative, and geocaching has given me an outlet for that. I have worked with a couple of the state parks in the area to help hide caches. Pemina and Walsh County Historic Society has invited me in to help them put out some geocaches in the historical areas they have in, in those two counties. Geocaches also invited me to help her with the geotour in the Fargo-Moorhead area, along with cachers M&MO and Onion Pond and a couple of artist friends of hers. We created an awesome geocache tour. We had a small event that called Gilby Gone Wild, and we had people from eight different states there, uh, roughly 120 people, I think. It really surprises me, you know, my small little community, that I've got people coming from all over the United States. One thing I didn't expect when I started geocaching was all the friends I would meet along the way. Going to events is one of my favorite things, to get to visit with all the people that come to them. In Bemidji, Minnesota, there's a geocacher named Pink Monkey 2. And every year she puts on a maker event. So at the event you bring uh, a goofy item of some sort and it gets traded to, the, to some of the other caches who are there. And when, so you bring that home with you and you build that into a geocache and a month later you come back to the second event to show off what you created. Tennis rackets, crutches, vacuum hose is another one that, that a cache that I made out of, all, all because of this maker event. I enjoy making fun caches and it brings a lot of people from all over the U.S. and into Canada to come into Gilby just to find these odd little puzzles I put out in the trees. If that doesn't make you want to go to Gilby, I don't know what does. That yeah. is so much fun. <laughs> and That's I think it's on funny. my list. It, yeah. And Chad, I think we should do a gadget talk from Gilby. I think that would be really awesome. Oh, that'd be fun. Maybe we could do it from uh, Tricastius' uh, work, workshop. That, that'd be great. So. And I think it's funny that in the chat room, uh, Tricastius' kids are fighting <laughs> on, on, the, on the others. So that was just really cool. Uh, really enjoying that. And through we've so far, we've shown you some really complicated, how maybe some builds that are really there. But, you know, there are gadget caches that anybody can build. And this next video that we're going to be showing is a very simple gadget cache. And I know Chad and I try and find a balance from being advanced builder to a basic build. And it's really, it's really hard because we want to make sure that everybody is, there's a gadget that anybody can build. I mean, we've gotten some different ideas. Um, I, I know I've shown on my channel, one of the simplest ones is a tape measure and a bison tube put it together. Hey, it's a gadget you, and you put it up in a tree and it's, it's simple. And I've seen those and the, lots of favorite points on those. Um, but 
I did an interview um, close to when this whole pandemic started off with uh, Dan uh, Truck and Miller, and, and his uh, geocache name is the Truck, and he shows us how to create a very simple gadget cache. And it is a lot of fun. And I've seen many people after from this video that have duplicated this all over the place. And I just really absolutely love it. So um, any other comments yeah. before we jump into this video? Yeah. Chad? So, so this one here, actually, I've found over the years. In fact, I think it was one of our fir my first ones that I found. Um, these caches are, are really simple to make, really creative and get a lot of favorite points. So if you have a place you can place one of these, I definitely would make one and put it out. Right. And, and the, this and it's not that expensive to make either. And so here is the truck is showing us how to create this really cool, simple gadget. Right, so here I am with Dan or the truck. Now, Dan, you're going to show us a way to create a, a very simple PVC gadget cache. So tell us a little bit about this cache and then let's see how you how it's made. Well, it's really simply a spring-loaded cache. If you ever played uh, pinball, you it's very similar to starting off the game and it's a, just a nice, really easy mechanism. Um, really, it's just a piece of PVC cap and any length of PVC, you'll have to cut it down to the size of the spring you have. So when it shoots the container out, um, you can find it. I recommend using an orange container or something really bright to find because sometimes these will fly out pretty far. And it's really, uh, the best part of it is it's super cheap. You know, you're looking maybe a dollar for a cap, two dollars or so for the for the pipe and then your bolt. Now I used a six inch carriage bolt, two fender washers, and I use a locking nut, which that way it doesn't, uh, you don't have to worry about it coming apart because um, you want something that's easy to maintain. That's the most important part. I actually have one of these that's live. It's been live for four years and it's been working really well. And these are fender washers, just a little extra size washer. And here's the hard part, the spring. Finding a good spring that'll work. Um, any hardware store will have them. And uh, you drill a hole at the bottom of your, your cache. Real easy there, just right there in the middle. Uh, make sure it's really loose so that way this has a lot of free play you don't want it binding up as you're working on it and you'll put uh, your bolt through the fender washer on spring another fender washer and i'm just going to finger tight this on but usually i'll bolt it on just so it's just tight to the top and that's really all there is to the putting together of it and it should hang so when it's in there you got just enough there to get a hold of so when you put it in the cache then you just take your length of pvc i used inch and a half um, but you can go down to an inch and a quarter or depending on the size and you just make sure you sand this off done put a, some primer and a good uh, pvc glue because you don't want that coming loose um, over time and that's you know and that's what it'll look like um, i attached mine to a board and then I attached, then I zip tied it fast to a tree. Um, I've gotten quite a few favorite points from it. And then I just have a regular matchstick container uh, and you just drop it down in there. That's the best part of your hands, just pull it and pop out. And because it wasn't glued, it'll come apart. All right. Now I just really love that. I mean, it, it's simple, but it's creative and just absolutely amazing. And because not a lot of people or let me say it, rephrase that. Not everybody has the tools and the woodworking and everything like what I do. Um, so, 
so really all it requires is a saw and a drill pretty much as as tool yes and not even a power saw a good hacksaw will do the trick because pvc is so easy to cut and it's, these are four or five dollars at harbor freight or walmart or that it's just a nice easy tool to have around and use um i, I it's one of my favorite pvc is my favorite uh media to use when i'm building caches simply because it's so easy to work with you can mess it up and it's not expensive you know some woods you get into you know they don't last long um, i've had some squirrels chewing on this the bottom of this is starting to show a little bit on the, the one i have out and it's like i said it's been out for four years in a state game land so there's a lot of wildlife there and the fact that it's held up so well is really uh one of my favorite things about this cache that's really cool. Now, do you put a hole in the bottom for water to run out in case it rains, or what do you do there? Well, because you have the uh, where the shooter is, where your thing is, and the way it's mounted, that'll it'll constantly keep the water out of it. It doesn't allow it to drain in at all. It doesn't have any. Uh, and then because your spring holds the uh, cache up, you know, even if you do get like a little bit of water in the bottom, it doesn't get into the cache. It's actually a really uh, watertight or not having you know there's just nothing that gets into it that makes it any that hinders it from working and even and this is right under a tree and i've never had leaves get caught up in it either that's really cool and like i said just a very simple but creative gadget cache using the pvc and if you like pinball hey it's cash pinball so uh it's really great it looks like i would really love to find this one i found something similar to this in south carolina but not to that size, and I just really like that. That's very creative. Yeah, I, I, a friend of mine actually built one of these probably about 50 miles from where I'm at, where I found him. Like, and I was like, that's a really cool device he did there. So I actually uh, mimicked it and uh, was like, well, how do I build that? So it was the, the trial and error of finding the right springs, the, uh, because the strength of your springs is going to tend uh, determine the length of the pipe you can use. I started out with the pipe and it would barely, it wouldn't quite get out. And so now this one, the spring I have here is about a five inch spring. And that's got a lot of, uh, it, you can pull it pretty hard and it'll uh, give a nice sh shot out. And uh, I will show you how this kicks out, but I don't think you, the camera will catch it flying out. <laughs> but uh, give, it a, give it a shot and see if it comes out. And I don't shoot my uh, daughter's laptop out. Yeah, I love that. That is just really cool. And I can definitely see how gluing that bottom is going to be very important so it doesn't pop out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Geocache with the Comacano and the Kid. Hey. She's back. She took a little hiatus, but now she's back joining us to find this cache. Now, as you know, Bounce Bounce is an awesome gadget cacher. He has lots of cool gadget caches out here in the Seattle area. And if you're coming out here for the 2020 geocaching block party down in Seattle, you have to check out his gadget caches. We're gonna be showing off one here today that really surprised me. It's really cool. I think you'll enjoy it too, kid. Really? <laughs> Hold back, kid. You're saying a lot. <laughs> yes, kid. I think you'll be amazed at it. It really surprised me. It was really cool. 
and I can't wait for you all to come out here and check this gadget cache out. Now, you ready to find this cache, kid? Yeah. Let's do this. So, what is it? That kid, that's a geocache. All right, kid, let's get this thing. Jeez, kid, come on. Get that stuff out of there. I'm trying my best. Okay, fine. Here, let me try. Seriously, bounce, bounce. How many hundreds of feet did you put into this thing? Please. Seriously, how much of this is there? 100 feet? Like 100 miles. <laughs> Kid, I'm tired. 
It's up to you. Fine, I'll do it. Go for it. This is why I like cashing with you. You can find the caches for me. Thank you. And thank you, Bounce Bounce, for hiding this awesome gadget cache. It's really cool. When I came out and first found this thing, I was really surprised that, like, there's actually 100 feet of a chain here. <laughs> of course, because of the name of the cache and everything. But uh, the way it's all constructed, the way it's all put together, it's this is fun. It's a simple, easy cache to find. Simple. Easy. It's a, Are you sure? It's a fun cache to find if you got lots of time. <laughs> <laughs> and an extra kid to bring along with you there to pull your chain. Make sure they're 14. Because that's what she does. <laughs> this was a great cache. If you're coming out here for the geocaching block party, I advise for you to find as many bounce bounce gadget caches as you can. Because you can see we had lots of fun finding this one and we know You'll have lots of fun too. Did you have fun with this, Ken? Was this? Oh. <laughs> I have mixed feelings towards this. Cat. Mixed feelings? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they're all positive. They're all positive. There you go. We all hope that you have a great time out here in the Seattle area for the geocache block party. And until next time, cash on. We ain't running away from the camera this time. I can't run away from the camera because I'm holding it. <laughs> cash on. This is okay, no, don't stuff it all in. <laughs> work. Wow, Chad, I'm telling you, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that is insane. And it's two really simple, creative gadget caches that anybody can make. Yes. Yeah. And the chain one is so simple. I, you know, that's, that's one I've seen several times and I thought, you know, what, I'm going to do this one and make it really long. And uh, so that was fun. And th the end of the video, I wasn't paying attention because there's a little bit more to it. That's actually pretty funny. So if you have a chance, uh, go on to uh, YouTube and, and look at the Komakito. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His. Yeah. YouTube channel. Cool. Had to cut it just a little bit right at the end of there, just because we have uh, we're running starting to run tight on our time, and we have one more video that uh, I want to show you because this cache that was if, I, I follow this one all the time, and I interviewed the creator of this, but it also just recently got cache of the week, and that is the phone booth cache um, that's in uh, just drew a blank. It's been a long day. Um, but it's it's a really great phone booth cache, and I believe it's in around New York area. So, um, but it is just a really geocache cool of the cache, week, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just voted geocache of the week. Um, so it's a really cool, and you get to see somehow this one's really done. But I want to thank Komokino and the kid for doing that video. That is great. Um, so, but thank you. And here is the phone booth cache.
All right, so I'm with Steve. Steve, this cache that we're gonna, you're going to tell us about today, I've been so excited. I've seen when you're going through the building process of this and everything, and I was so excited to see this. The only problem is I hate that I'm so far away from where you actually are because I would love to go find this cache. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about this cache, uh, this phenomenal cache that you built. Uh, sure. So probably about two to 300 hours uh, went into the making of this cache. Um, and it took me about six months to do all the coding and uh, to actually acquire a phone booth because they're, they're pretty hard to come by these days. So the place where I put it was actually on my own property. And that's probably the hardest part about uh, hiding a cache that size is getting uh, a property that will allow you to not only put it on there, but uh, we'll also have uh, electricity for you to use to power the cache as well. Yeah, because that was one of the questions I was going to ask is it is an actual phone booth, not the little little ones that just has the phone on it that you might see at a, um, at a rest area or something like that, but actually a Superman phone booth. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's an actual phone booth. I actually drove uh, 12 hours to get it, and it was it was pretty hard to convince my wife to go with me because where the phone booth was located was probably about an hour and a half away from my son who was at college in Ohio. So we, we made the trip. Um, I want to say it was uh, in March of last year. And uh, at one point, uh, we were in the middle of a snowstorm after we had uh, picked it up, uh, going back to our hotel. And I had said to her, you know, do you know that we're probably the only people in the United States right now driving <laughs> around with a phone booth in the back of our truck? That's hilarious. Now, how did you even come up with the concept of this whole phone booth cache idea? Well, I actually had another uh, payphone cache um, called Number Please. And Number Please uh, was my first attempt at a payphone cache. I, I came up with the idea with, you know, one day I was just thinking about it. I was talking with my brother and I said, hey, you know, what would be pretty cool is if you're walking a mile in the woods and you come up and there's a payphone there. I, I, I just thought that would be like the, the best thing ever. Um, I ended up buying a payphone and I couldn't get into it. And they're actually pretty hard to get into if you don't have keys and you, you, you pretty well much, uh, if you're lucky enough to break the lock and not break the casing, that's good. But most of the time you have to actually break the casing in order to get in. Um, so I wanted to use the vault of the payphone, I, so I built one out of wood, and I ended up using the vault part to uh, hold trackables and things like that, and I made it like into uh, a drawer. And I wanted the phone, uh, the payphone to call you back, I wanted you to be able to say things and all that, and I had some great ideas, I just didn't know how to make them happen. And my brother said, well, that would be pretty cool if uh, you bought one of those birthday cards that you could actually record messages in. So I was like, oh yeah, that is a great idea. Um, so I went online, I started you know, researching some stuff. I found uh, these little sound modules that hold about, uh, I don't know, is like maybe three or four minutes worth of uh, audio that you can put on there. And uh, I, I couldn't really use the keypad for um, the payphone. So I put some buttons that start the audio behind the buttons of uh, the actual payphone I had. So part of it was an actual payphone, but most of it was, it was all wooden to look like an actual payphone. Um, that was out in the woods for about two and a half years before Mother Nature just destroyed the casing that was around it. Um, before that happened though, um, I wanted to actually, you know, do everything I wanted to do with the first uh, payphone. 
Um, and that's when I started learning about Arduino and everything it could do. And uh, I was a developer in a previous life, uh, so I knew some coding, but unfortunately I didn't know anything about Arduino and you know, the C sharp coding, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't that long for me to pick up. That's great. I mean, it's seeing those, the pictures of this phone booth as you're seeing on the screen right now, it is just absolutely phenomenal. And I love the cash page because there's some things on the cash page that you have to do. And so remember you need to read the description because if you don't read the description, more than likely, you're not going to be able to figure out what you're going to have to do with this cache. Is that correct? That's correct. Unlike my so, first one, this is an actual payphone. It does everything that payphones do. It, you can dial, uh, with the exception of dialing out, but you can dial phone numbers. Um, you get phone calls in. Um, everything on there acts like a, an actual payphone. That's really cool because what I thought was interesting was how to get into it, I guess, you, there's... There's, when you're looking at the cache itself, you have to do a lot of different things with different numbers that you're seeing on there. And I love a lot of the old 80s and early 90s references in there. I think that's just really great. Yeah, so there's there's over uh, 500 phone numbers that you can call. Um, and wow. that's, that's the whole basis <laughs> of the cache is to just call phone numbers. Um, and I had to make it so it didn't matter if you were, you know, 16 years old or 86 years old. I needed to have... Uh, something in there that anybody would recognize. So there's there's newer stuff in there, there's older stuff that you know our parents would recognize. So it, it's all in there. So there, there's definitely something for everybody in there. And it, it's just all fun stuff. That's really great. What are some of the logs that you've gotten that are like well, some of the ones that really stick out that you've gotten on this cache? Um, they're just really amazed. Um, they, they love that it's iconic. They love like, you know, they've never seen, they haven't seen a payphone in such a long time because they're just not around anymore. And uh, I, I drew a lot of artwork on the payphone as well. And they, they absolutely love the graffiti that's on there. And they just, all the references to, to old movies and old sayings and stuff, they just love it. Wow, Steve, this is just fantastic. All those hours of putting into it is just amazing. Cause I don't think a lot of people when they're putting out caches or going to find caches, especially the new ones, know how much work actually goes into making a really great cache. And I just really thank you for that. And that's just awesome. <laughs> Thanks. And that's the big thing about making these things is reading the logs. Uh, you know, when people go and find Tupperware in the woods, they usually put a TFTC or, or something small, but on uh, a majority of the people on my gadget caches, they're, they're leaving some really good logs, you know? about their whole journey, about how they, they got through it. It's pretty cool. Well, once again, I just want to thank you for pushing the limits of cashers and inspiring so many cash builders to be able to do so many different things with caches and creating gadgets and just doing that. So I just really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, Derek.